Yeet Tammy just said or be yeeted. Yeah, but it's fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. Well, mm. welcome to Girls Night Out with Chriselle and Amy, Jan, and Sammy, <laughs> and I'm Jen. <laughs> and this evening we are going to talk about anxiety. Bum, bum, bum. Anxiety. The big A. I have anxiety just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> you have anxiety just thinking about anxiety. <laughs> So I, I wanted to talk about this because I feel like, was it you who said in our text message that you wanted to deal with the stigma yeah. of it? You actually yeah. said something else. I, I did, well, auto, I'll autocorrect, autocorrect. Right, autocorrect else. messed like, you up. Subject, and I was like, wait, what? I want to talk about the, I don't know. Yeah, but you wanted to talk about the stigma. Yeah. And I think that's, I think, so I probably am overly vocal about mental illness and and medication in in an attempt to normalize it for people that I feel like need a break. Yeah. Um, because they're under a huge weight. Yeah. So I it, it is totally common for me to even post something on Facebook about needing my Prozac and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a delicate balance between the spiritual component of things like anxiety and depression, fear. Um, you know, we've not been given a spirit of fear. Right. Um, at the same time, I mean, it's legit. Hell yeah, it is. It's legit. So we definitely, <clears throat> and we all agreed that we kind of wanted to share a little bit tonight about anxiety and depression and how it's affected us, um, what we do when we're experiencing it, um, and all of that, just to, like you said, kind of deal with the stigma. I think, you know, it's, what's weird, though, is I feel like culturally right now, it's it's actually popular to have anxiety. Like, I mean, if you... Like, if you go on, like, one of my favorite t-shirt websites, they have all these funny sayings and stuff, and, like, there's so, there's so many t-shirts about being anxious, or, so there's, there's, on one hand, there's the sense that we're kind of owning something as if it belongs to us, and therefore, um, inviting it, and making it a companion, um, as opposed to it being an actual genuine issue that may require counseling and or medication. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the enemy has two provisions for you to right. not get help. One being that you can't talk about it right. because you're too embarrassed. Right. And the other being that you just talk about it because it's no big deal right. and we all have it. Yes, true. Neither of which land you... Necessarily in healing, yeah. Right. Which is interesting because in Bondage Breaker, at the very beginning, you know, um, he talks about how Christians, two of their biggest hindrances to to your Christian walk is either you don't believe in the devil at all. Right. Or you think he's more powerful than he really is, which are kind of how we're applying anxiety. Either you don't think that people really struggle with it. Right. Or, you know, or people are overly vocal, overly. Right. So, I mean, it's such, I think it can be such an evil 
I was looking at some stuff today because I was like, okay, what do I want to talk about? How do I want to address it? And I was looking up the subject of, you know, what are things that characterize anxiety that you don't expect are actually anxiety? And some of them were really interesting. Yeah, they were. And some of them even talked about things you did as a kid that indicated that you that you were dealing with anxiety in retrospect. I see you. I see that nodding of the head. It made me really uncomfortable Yeah. to read that list. What made you uncomfortable? Oh, my gosh. I used to sit in school and just, like, pick it split ends. And mm. I would, like, it sounds so gross. Just go with me. Pile it up. Like, just pile. Like, I would pick at my hair. I pick at my lip. And actually, like, it had a specific name of this, what you do, like, when you pick at your lip. But I had one teacher be like, what are you doing one day? Is like, <coughs> picking my, the ends <laughs> off of my hair. Which, you know, really helped the anxiety even better. Yeah. Oh, but, um, oh, you're giving me unwarranted attention yeah, for exactly. what I'm doing, right? That's awesome. Exactly. And, and so, actually, I read this list earlier today, and I was thinking about it today, and I can tell you 100% what it was. I was so uncomfortable in my own skin mm. that I had to zone out. Like, I had to not be present. I had to find some way to take myself out of the present situation hmm. and almost, like, put myself in this bubble. And that was the only way I could do it, just fix, fixate on something. Can one of you guys pull up, because we're using my phone, so I don't have it, but can one of you guys pull up some of those lists, some of the article lists, and then we have some stuff that we made notes that, that all of us kind of sent in as notes that, hey, we need to mention this and we need to mention that. This yeah. wasn't on that. But okay. one thing that I did see that I made a note on that I wanted to say, and um, it's like right at the level of my understanding, at the top of it. Mm-hmm. So, neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds nice. <laughs> but, um, th- so this was in the book that I've been reading, that Freeing Your Child from Anxiety, mm-hmm. but it's very helpful for self-imposing mm-hmm. strategies. Um, it said, the brain, the, the mind and the brain, the brain operates on survival of the busiest. So the functions of the brain we use the most, engage in, the, the ones that we do that with, mm-hmm. are the ones that the brain begins to map too easily. Mm-hmm. So faster, more frequently engaging in connections and by investing our time and energy into connecting those circuits, they mm-hmm. become the easiest to travel down. Mm. So it's like scientifically oh. saying that the more that you continue to practice traveling the road of anxiety, <clears throat> right. worry, that's the quickest route. Right. That's the one that your brain has mapped out. And so if you invest oh. time and energy into connecting healthy circuits, you can rewire yeah. the brain and make your responses to be automatic that mm. are not the anxiety responses. Mm. So what comes to my mind because I grew up on a farm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ruts <laughs> is that the ruts. Yeah. yeah. Like so, there oh, were ruts the that the trucks would make, right? Yeah. Like the the same route that you always go, but also the ruts that the, that the cows would make. Mm. Like so, like the cows would walk in a line behind each other, and the same way. Mm constantly and so there was always this little line lacking grass in the pasture where it a rut was created and so like you're i'm i'm assuming what you're saying is that we create these ruts in our brain and so the only way to address it is to create 
new ruts. Right. Yeah, Very that's exactly what healthy sounds ruts. like to me. Yeah. Healthy I mean, I think that it's it's a hope-inducing <coughs> piece of information because it's, at least for me, with, with anxious thoughts and things of that nature that feel big and feel overwhelming, sometimes the idea of being able to take it down to its like scientific explanation is very comforting to me and there aren't many things that I feel that way about but anxiety is one of them yeah I know you were very you were very into the whole concept of the amygdala yeah yeah because rides right so I don't like I'm okay with them now in the name of Jesus, but <laughs> I have been—I have a history of panic attacks on rides where but it was the a restraints. New it was a new one. It didn't even start until I was pregnant with my third child. Yeah, and I was nine months pregnant in and August at Disney in Orlando, not riding the, the Little worst. Mermaid ride in a right. clamshell. But next to both of my children, nine months pregnant in a boot from a stress fracture, in like ninety degree please. inside weather. So share come on. please share. Which what? Getting out. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's so such a good visual. So we're driving in this <laughs> and then the, I realized that the lap bar is pressed quite firmly against my enormous belly, and there's no way to move to my right where one son is, and no way to move to my left where the other son is. And all of a sudden, the feeling was, I have got to get out of here, and this bar is not going to budge. Don't freak out. Don't freak out. But it's not going to budge. And so then, of course, internally, I freaked out. And I tapped my son on the shoulder and I said, hey, buddy, you need to climb out. And he said, what? And I said, you need to climb out. You need to climb out of the clamshell and stand over here on the other side. It's okay. Just do it really quick. And he was like, I'm scared. And I was like, I know. It's okay. Just climb out. And so I instructed and helped my son climb out of the restraints of the Disney ride. And into the front of the clamshell, and wow. then I to proceeded the probably to, walk the, to the sheer horror of the the person that's <laughs> operating. Probably so, but you know what? They must not have been monitoring those cameras very well, Disney, because they yeah, didn't stop us. Didn't stop and so I I t- got my boot off in record time, dislocated about every joint in my legs, and got myself out of the clamshell. And my one of my sons and I stood on the outside of the restraint as the ride came up to the end. <laughs> where yes, then the operators looked at us with faces that. Were memorable, yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Oh my god, it was a little too tight. It's fine. We're gonna go." And then they opened the clamshell, let my other son out, and we <laughs> proceeded to vacate a little mermaid. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, it was real, and so it kept happening. Then anytime I would go on a ride and it would lock down, I would I would say to myself, "You're fine. Just don't think about the fact that if you try to move this." restraint it's not going to move and then I would try to move the restraint and realize that it wasn't going to move and then it was like adrenaline just poured through my body Mm -hmm. and it was such a horrible feeling so recently I decided to try talking myself through what was physically going on and I, I love that the Lord does this because there are things that I see in scripture that are like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then you find the science behind it and you mm, see yeah. that now we can prove these things that mm. that God was talking about all along. Right. Or even things that he told people not to eat or ways that he told people to wash up. And, and right. it, it had wisdom in it for things right. that they didn't understand at that time. Mm. And so this... Um, you know, teaching that I had heard or whatever that your amygdala signals your flight or flight and a release of adrenaline. And so I was on the ride and I felt myself starting to like get hot and kind of on the verge of a panic attack. And I was like, it's fine. This is like, what channel? this is fine. This is fine. <laughs> Not the sarcastic. This is fine. I was like, Everything this is fine. fine. This is adrenaline. Your amygdala is misfiring. Wow. Adrenaline's pouring out, but it's going to be okay. 
Like oh. that's what's happening, and it stopped it. Wow. So really? and it's and I'd never been able to get that to happen before, but I did. I was like, you know, I always get through it, and and I pray, and it's cool. but it's rough, and it wasn't rough. It was like I stopped it. I just knew. That's I said, so okay, then I'm. That's fine. If this is gonna be an adrenaline dump, I can do that. I'm safe. And wow. then it stopped. So. Wow. So I might be able to go on roller coasters. Sweet. <laughs> Not nine months pregnant. Not yes. nine months pregnant. Because that would be highly inappropriate. That would be highly inappropriate. Yeah. But but I mean, the Little Mermaid. Could you could go on the Little Mermaid ride and be fine. Did you guys? Did anyone find the the little thing that's like the things you didn't know were anxiety? Yeah. The um. It, it won't open. Yeah, that middle one. That one won't open. Oh, this one. Oh, that one. Yeah, that one I could. <coughs> yeah. So this is fascinating. Yeah. <clears throat> I can see myself in a few of these. Like, what are they? Go ahead and list them out. Um, lip picking. Hmm. I'm um, a lip picker. You're a lip picker? Grishel yells at me. Yeah, I yell She's at Jess. Like, Stop, Stop picking your lip. Mine will start bleeding. Me yeah. too. Yeah, and, and I'll just keep going. Oh, come on. Yeah. yeah. Staying home from school because you're too sick to go. So these are the ones about when you were a kid, right? Yes. Okay. And, and then with that one, I think it said, like, stomach specifically. Like, yes. Yeah. It was nausea, which manifests when I'm very anxious. Mm-hmm. Not being able to sleep at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me anxious in the house. Hiding. <laughs> hiding. Lock myself in my room and not let anyone near me. I, I would hide wanting to be found and no one would look for me. Oh. Yeah, I did that, too. You know, a weird coping mechanism I have now, and I just haven't figured out why, is when Adrian and I sometimes fight, I have to go be alone in a room and turn off all the lights. Mostly a closet. Like, I don't want any light. I want to be completely alone in the dark. Hmm. You know, now I'm thinking about that Frozen song, which then Tammy's going to get mad at me. Don't get me. (laughs) Don't get me. Nobody tell Tammy that I'm thinking about the Frozen song, but that is what it makes me think of. And I think that that's why that that movie upsets you so much, because it's such a real thing. Like, but I think that is. Like, specifically. For those of you who haven't seen Frozen 2, we won't spoil it. However, if you have, you probably know exactly what song we're talking about. The dark one. The dark one. The dark song. The middle. My daughter one. calls it the sad song. Can you play the sad song? <laughs> and you Can say, you play on no. a sad song? And, and, and I'm saying, no, your we're not going to indulge in that. Titi's listening. Shh, we'll play it when she leaves. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. But she's three, and she knows she's she's three. That she knows the sad song. Yes. Yeah. She doesn't know what it's saying, but she knows it's sad. Yeah. They can do that with songs that don't even have words, though. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, the there'll be songs yeah. that just, like, and, and the kids are like, oh, that's a sad song. And you're like, wow. David hates the cheeseburger song from VeggieTales. Like, he'll start what openly is weeping. Please sing it. What is the cheeseburger song? Um, it's, because you're love my, my cheese- cheeseburger, yeah. my lovely cheeseburger. cheeseburger. But the guy essentially goes to the drive-thru to get a cheeseburger, and they're closed. So he has to wait all night, and he's really sad. It's like a lament about his cheeseburger. David will sob. <laughs> wow. It makes him so That's sad. That's adorable. He feels really strongly about cheeseburgers. <laughs> He's not lactose. He doesn't want to feel really strongly about feelings. Yeah, he doesn't want someone else to hurt. Oh. That's precious. What are some of the other Hair pulling. What is it? Hair pulling? Yes. Like your own hair. Split ends and... Mm. Not Uh, someone else's, because that's a different mental... (laughs) That's trichotillomania. Wait, what? Trichotillomania is is when you pick off your split ends or bite them off. Oh. Did that? Mm. Yeah. I felt really healthy after reading that list, FYI. 
so nice to not be alone. <laughs> no, I'm saying that super sarcastically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think it's great because you read this and you're like, I'm not a lunatic. No, I, no, I read it and I went, oh, crap, there's an actual name for this? <laughs> it should be hope-inducing, Tammy. Come on. I'm not the only one. <laughs> sure. Right. Avoiding yeah. eating with others. I definitely do not have that problem. No, you don't. <laughs> I have seen you eat a chicken wing. Yeah, I will. <laughs> now, I won't eat chicken wings with necessarily anyone. Like, there might, but almost anyone. So, so if we've almost, seen you eat a chicken wing, are we then we're your... close. And yeah. I've seen you yeah. at a low country boil. Oh, those oh, things are yeah. good. I have no shame of those things either. Yeah. Yeah. They're just good, so. I've seen you. Yeah, you don't have that problem. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't want the next one either. What is it? Being quiet. <laughs> Being quiet. Do you, do you okay. have that one? Which ones were you thinking that you identify with, Jan? I think be? being quiet. Like, I can shut yeah. down real fast. I, mm-hmm. Like, if one little thing doesn't go right, when I put myself out because <coughs> I, I don't, it's not my... <coughs> not my go-to to put myself out there but I can get start to feel really comfortable and put myself out there and then if, and if I perceive that it's not going well or received right then mm. shut them mm. down mm. done did you see it happen the other night at the escape room it did yeah my husband apologized to me oh. <laughs> yeah, he, he called me out on something and I shut down that was it I could not engage anymore yeah you didn't I knew you picked up on yeah. it so yeah, I'll get. And I still I did it as a kid because mm-hmm. I could I could have moments of being very outgoing and silly and and one adult didn't like it mm-hmm. and then I would it would be a very long time before mm-hmm. I put myself back out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that getting quiet is a is a real thing. Which y'all y'all are around me in good situations where I'm not a bit quiet, so you probably are like what? But um, yeah, I can shut down. Real fast. Mm-hmm. I was like, you won't do that to me again because I won't give you anything to shut oh, me down about. Wow. You know? So. That sounds yeah. like an agreement. It does. Yeah. That's why you protect yourself <laughs> from that happening again. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other ones? Always going to the nurse's office. Mm-hmm. Difficulty breathing. Nightmares. Mm. Yeah. Nail biting. Headaches. Not being able to look people in the eye. That was an interesting that one. about kids? Have you, because, do you guys have kids that do that, or have you noticed that? I, my, I have two kids who do that. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I mean, and I could see where there could be other reasons. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, some of these things context. I'm like, is this ADHD? Yeah. Right. I mean, or is this anxiety? Because yeah, right. I have been diagnosed with both. <laughs> so, it's a toss-up. It's a Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's some crossover. <laughs> yes. Which one's anxiety? Which one's ADHD? Which one's book? <laughs> yeah. The middle of the Venn diagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the ones that really kind of hit me and it personally was where I realized that um, anxiety slash depression was an issue that I didn't realize I had was talking about how you're you're very irritable and you are short on patience and maybe short-tempered and you get easily annoyed um 
And that was my experience a lot in my early mothering where I just, I, I felt like I did not have the ability to not just lose it over the dumbest thing. And I didn't realize that that was anxiety mm. slash depression. Mm. Um, because, and, and I remember at the time I also had other symptoms, which they list under depression and anxiety, which are aches and pains. Yeah. And I, for years, I, there would be times where I would just, I, I would tell my husband, it feels like I have the flu. Like I, I'm exhausted I can't get up off the couch. Like, it takes every ounce of energy that I have to get off this couch. Um, And I hurt. I hurt. And I would go to the doctor and I would say, something (laughs) is wrong with me. Do something. I have some, some crazy disease or something that you're not figuring out because something's wrong. And one time I remember someone suggesting an antidepressant, an anti-anxiety med. And I was like, I'm not sad, dude. Like, I'm telling you, I hurt and I'm cranky. <laughs> like, I'm not sad. I'm a happy person most of the time. So freaking happy. I'm freaking happy. Freaking happy. happy. They need to change the names or something. Like, it's just too, <coughs> it's so misunderstood. But there's different, and it, there's different <clears throat> facets. Well, well, and what I found yeah. frustrating is if you look up anxiety and depression in women versus anxiety and depression in men, irritability is listed with typical male symptoms. Mm-hmm. It's not listed That's interesting. with typical female symptoms. And so it wasn't until my baby died and I actually was sad that I started getting medication for depression Um. But then I started noticing also that I wasn't irritable anymore. And I was, I had so much more like patience and I was chill and I had energy and I could get up and do normal things without feeling like it took every ounce of energy that I had. And that caused me to look back and go, oh my gosh, I have needed this for so long, Mm -hmm. so long. And I have... I've, I, I've done counseling and I'm constantly, you know, looking into areas where I can get healing and things like that. I don't discount that aspect of it all because I, I honestly believe almost a hundred percent of the time, even if it's a physical chemical diagnosis, there's some spiritual that, that piggybacks on mm-hmm. it. So you have to constantly Absolutely. be asking yourself. Yes is this this or is this this? And so I have to be really conscious of that. But, um, you know, I just got to the point where I was so freaking thankful for meds. I'm so thankful for meds. And I, I've tried, God bless those people that tell you, well, if you take these supplements, then you won't need that. And if you do this, then you'll be, I became a vegan I went on a green smoothie fast. I mean, I did everything that supposedly you should be able to do to like reset your body and make it wonderful. And it did not work. 
every time I did something like that, I would go to Jen and go, oh my gosh, can you please tell me never to get <laughs> off my Prozac again, <laughs> ever. And she actually has a recording okay. on her phone to because play back to me. I'm not going to, you want to tell someone who's not taking their Prozac that they need to take their Prozac? That's like... Yeah, no. You have a death wish, so I said I will record you saying that. Right. I'll play it for you. So she plays it, <laughs> and it, and it says, "Take your Prozac, just take it." And so, yeah, I'm super thankful for Prozac because without it, I'm a really cranky person. Maybe doctors should start saying like, "I'm gonna off-label prescribe you Prozac for crankiness." Maybe. And then, like, people yeah, would get to the so doctor upset. Crankiness. <laughs> okay, well, I hurt and I'm cranky. <laughs> so you say, oh, you hurt and you're cranky. You know, that's so funny. There's an off-label usage of Prozac that's for I hurt all over and, and I'm, I'm tired cranky. and cranky. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know you're not depressed. Of course you're not <laughs> depressed. Yeah. And I think that, you know, for me, the kicker is when my kids talk about how I used to be versus how I am. Like I'm two different people yeah. and I am, yeah. I'm yeah. two different people. Yeah. And at that point, no matter how much I tried, I could not seem to not respond to the irritability and the frustration and all of that stuff. And all that did was just heap tons of shame on top of all of that and make me feel even worse about myself. Um, so, you know, it's... So, can I ask you this question? Yes. Do you hope... I don't know if it's hope's the right word, but <clears throat> do you anticipate a day in your life here on Earth that you will not need Prozac? I used to. I used to. Um, because, you know, we're taught that we should have faith for those things and we should ask for healing, and I do. Um, I, and, and there were times when I would say, okay, I'm going to pray about it and I'm going to stop taking my meds and see how it goes. And I've decided that goes really badly. And so I have decided now that I'm absolutely a hundred percent open to the Lord healing me, healing my brain chemistry and audibly telling me now you can stop taking your meds. And then I'll do it. Yeah. I'm not going to do it unless that happens at this point because I've been down that road so many times yeah. with the best of intentions. And and other people encourage you to go down that road with the best of intentions. And it just doesn't... It didn't go well for me. So... Oh, Chipper came to say Chipper! Hello. Chipper is our resident yellow lab. <coughs> so, um, so, yeah, that's my... Like, I absolutely 100% believe that the Lord could heal me. And if he chooses to do so, I receive it. Yeah. And then I will also be listening for him to tell me, now stop taking your meds. Mm -hmm. So, there's that. Yeah. I've also found, for me, with that, that I feel like something that I had to get to um, with, with God was a place of um, making my peace with that being the lifelong thing. Like, yeah. I feel like that was a God thing. Well, and you and I have talked, too, about, like, well, if I were a diabetic, right, 
I would need to make my peace right. with the idea that I'm going to be insulin dependent. If I'm a type 1 diabetes yeah. person, then I'm going to be dependent on insulin for the rest of my life, but God. Right. right. And so... I mean, the truth of the matter is that for some, some people's brains are deficient in serotonin or our serotonin stores are taxed to where we don't have enough anymore, whether that's been over a lifelong course of trauma after trauma after stressor after whatever, where you, you started out with an okay amount, then you just, now you're you're bankrupt. Um, you know, there are, there are people that just need that help, you know? And so I, I think I'm one of those people. And I think, you know, it, it seems, it seems as if it runs in my family. It seems that there's a genetic component. Um, and unlike the way that you guys have talked about anxiety, where you have specific triggers, um, my experience with anxiety is what they call, um, wow, that just totally slipped my mind. Cyclical? No, I mean, I do have cyclical, I have cyclical panic attacks, but no, it's specific. I don't remember what it's called. I don't know. I, any other time I could tell you, but basically I don't have a reason for having a panic attack. It's not precipitated by anything. So I literally could wake up in the middle of the night in a full-blown panic attack and think I am having a heart attack, like chest pain, can't breathe, certain that someone's going to have to get out some defibrillators at any moment. I mean, I've been at the store with you, and and I feel like I'm going to lose consciousness. I mean, I've been at the store with Jen and I remember one time just going, Hey Jen, um, if I, if I fall down, just call 911. Okay. And she's like, what? (laughs) And, and it, but, and that's how it would happen. And there'd be no, there's no trigger. And basically, Oh, it's panic disorder. It's panic disorder. So in, in the case of panic disorder, basically the, best thing that they can surmise is that it's just a misfiring of your fight or flight (laughs) and it doesn't have a reason it's not precipitated by something it doesn't have a specific trigger um it's just your brain going well let's all of a sudden out of nowhere pull the fire alarm pull the fire alarm (laughs) and um yeah so that's how it happens for me so, you know, I don't, I don't feel typically worried or anxious about things. That just hits me out of nowhere. Um, so that's not my experience with anxiety. So just, I'm all about my Prozac. That helps limit that. And actually, ADHD medication has actually done that as well. Like, I knew I had ADHD. Um... All of my report cards as a child confirm it. They all said she can't keep her hands to herself. She can't stop talking. Um, But because I was able to um, function at a high level academically, it didn't seem to bother. I mean, it didn't seem to keep me from learning and things like that. (coughs) Um, I never got treatment. And I, did, I never planned on getting treatment. 
until the, I had gone through a, a gazillion list of various medications for panic disorder, including beta blockers and all kind. I mean, like all kinds of stuff for panic disorder that were not working. I was literally having panic attacks daily, sometimes multiple times a day. Um, and then a good friend of mine, Michelle, who's a pediatrician, called me and she's like, Rochelle, I just saw this article in um, JAMA, which is the journal, the, the journal, the, jur- <laughs> the journal of medicine. Um, it's a, it's an article that they, I mean, it's a magazine that they send out to um, physicians, but it said that there was a link between the incidence of depression and anxiety and panic attacks in middle-aged men and women who had either undiagnosed or untreated ADHD. So I started treating my ADHD, and I almost never have panic attacks anymore. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. I feel like it, it seems logical that if your brain is having to do all this extra work to compensate. Like, right. I know the way that it's been put explained to me for understanding my kids is that an ADHD medication is an aid. And so, you know, the hope is that the aid may or may not be necessary Mm -hmm. for all circumstances, but when you don't have the aid, I mean, literally it's the help. And so if you need the help, you get the help. Well, and when you were starting to go through getting treatment options and things like that for your kids, for ADHD, they pointed out something that I wish more people would talk about even as an adult and for kids is that, you know, the effect that ADHD, anxiety, depression, all of those things have on your interpersonal relationships is so huge. Mm-hmm. So even telling a kid, oh, you're, I'm only going to give you these, these medications to get you through school is dumb because then at home they're, they're fighting with mom and dad constantly. They're, I mean, I remember with my daughter, before we had her diagnosed, I felt like I spent 99.9% of my time with her um, in conflict of some sort. And I felt like, you know, as a parent, you're constantly looking for those those times when you can positive, positively reinforce good behavior. And those were so few and far between. And the only reason why I ever even sought out, finally sought out medication for her was because... I knew that if I didn't, our relationship was just gonna tank because there was there were no opportunities for me to be putting positive reinforcement into her bank, you know? And so And then when you see the result, yeah. It's like, why did I wait so long? Yes. Yeah. That's because like everyone makes you feel so bad part. about it. Yes. So you dread it and you're afraid and you're afraid right. that maybe the first try to <clears throat> be the right medication and right. what then and I can say, you know, not for me, thankfully for me, like depression, anxiety wise, the second med that I tried was the right one for Mm -hmm. me. So that was a good experience. But with one of my kids, we went through like three or four medications for the ADHD. And it's not that thankfully any of them were like outrageously bad, but you couldn't, we couldn't just like try it one time and then see. It's like you had to, it takes a while. And so you had to give it like a couple weeks and see, play with the dosage a little more, a little less. And there's different, like, this is another thing that (coughs) frustrates me. Like, I feel like 
using the term <laughs> depression and anxiety are very broad. Mm-hmm. Like, what specific, um, like, my component is more of an OCD component. Mm-hmm. So it just gets labeled, you know, under this label of anxiety. Where I mean, it is a type of anxiety, but you can't treat it with the same stuff that you would just treat generalized anxiety depression mm-hmm. with because it works differently. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think that sometimes we just want to throw... And, and mine, mine is unlike you guys. I, I have been on and off medication for a lot of my life, and I've gone years where I haven't used it, mm-hmm. and I've been fine. And so it's usually the way that it kind of seems to work for me is it's very cyclical in mm-hmm. the sense that um, it kind of follows a generalized pattern. And, and I think it's, it's, it's a physiological and a spiritual thing at the same time. I don't know if maybe the Lord just use, <laughs> uses that time to be like, hey, since you're kind of already a hot mess, let's work on, a, let's work on some stuff. Yeah. But, um, and so I get I'm to sure your point. The Lord never thinks of you as a hot mess. The Lord never <laughs> thinks of me as a hot mess, but um, sees all the, all the, all the, the, the struggle. And it's like, I, I wasn't on medication for years. And then last January, I went on a cruise, which is really fun place to have panic attacks. Let me tell uh, you. yeah. <laughs> Nothing like feeling stuck on a boat. Um, and I just kept having these panic attacks. And the thing with panic attacks is your body is responding with this fight, fight or flight, right. which sends you into even more of a panic. Yes. Which sends you into more. It's just this wonderful cycle. Um, yeah. And so I was having these panic attacks and, and like the Lord was really using that time to surface some, some stuff and yeah. I'm grateful for the surfacing. But by around April, I was like, okay, I, I'm done with the, this, this physical aspect. So mm-hmm. can, can we get on something to help with this physical part mm-hmm. so that I can actually, it, it's like an aid, you know, I can actually, I can't weed through these things and I can't, um, you know, I can't look at this stuff and, and, and get healing from this stuff if right. I'm so consumed with the physical aspect yes. of this. Yeah. And, and I think that's happening. where I got when I finally when I finally got on medication and it started like kicking in, realizing that I had spent so much energy surviving. Yeah. Like, baseline. Just yeah, baseline. like I mean, just keeping my head above water that I did not have extra energy to put towards healing. Right. So, you know, for me it was huge because it got me to a place where I actually had the energy at that point to then start addressing right. some of the issues. Yeah. Which is so good to do, and I feel like I tend to fight that, but I did have a doctor who was really good about specifically saying, now that you feel better, now's the time. Right. Like, don't yeah. be lazy. Right. Now you feel good. Now don't say, okay, check, I'm good, right. and, and then keep going. Go deal with the stuff because yeah. if not, you'll you, you, the potential is for you to always need a bigger dose. Right. Because she was saying, now, you know, a situation may have triggered this season mm-hmm. of struggle. That right. was enough to precipitate you coming for help. Mm-hmm. Now you've got the medication, you've, you're surviving, you're, you're at a baseline of normal, and it's not so hard, you're not struggling, so now you don't necessarily get the help. Another situation gets thrown at you, and again, you're, tre- you're barely treading oh, that's water. that's a good point. You need so a higher more, dose. more, more, yes. more, more. Oh. So she's saying if you go through you huh. know, the therapy, if you go through the healing, if you do the work yeah. while you feel good on that medication, then when the next situation comes, the next situation doesn't throw you into the tailspin of needing right. a higher dose. Yeah. Now you have the tools and the resources to handle it. Maybe. Right. And Maybe sometimes you need it, but at least yeah. you're... 
It's so nice to and have what us, it takes. And for us, like, you know, we believe in a combination of traditional counseling in with healing prayer, which I feel like the marriage of the two is so vital. So vital. So vital. Because there are things that, you know, we've been through in terms of trauma or abuse or whatever that we need to invite the Lord into those things for him to touch those things, for him to reveal to us where he was when we were hurting and how he feels about the things that have hurt us. And, um, and, and some of that is just, is, I feel like those are places that sometimes you can't get to if you're spending all your energy trying to keep your head above water. But once you get your head above water, go get healing. Yes. Not like Jen said, it's, it's a great thing to get the information, but step two is what do we now do with that information? Right. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to understand things about your past and your childhood. It's another thing to let the Lord heal those places. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, traditional counseling is more about sort of revealing the issue. Yeah. Which is kind of nice. I mean, you know, the Bible talks about how if, if we know the truth, the truth will set us free. So to me, there's a component to that for sure, but there's so much more yeah. with the healing prayer aspect of yeah. it. You know, there's, there's, there's so much more available to us through healing prayer in combination right. with counseling. And, and there's also not like one more thing that I'm, I think is super important. Okay, two more things I like. Um, one, this is why, as I say, I'm probably going to say it every time, we look at our story because yeah. things in our story that we don't heal from are our scars that are going to continue mm-hmm. to fester. And as Jen said, could continue to build and build and build and build. So we have to look at our story. Um, and two is sometimes the physical, as we read this list, the physical things we're feeling are just actual they're physical manifestations of the, the battle going on internally. Yeah. And we, I mean, and at some point we'll probably get onto the book, The, the Body Keeps the Score, which I know you love, Jan. But there are, phys- there are physical manifestations yes. of things that our body has gone through and it is keeping score. Yeah. And we are responding to those things still. Yeah. It's like um, our body it knows more than even our brain at times. And right. That's cra- that is such a crazy to me yeah I mean I definitely I'll probably be going to see um Dr. Smiley soon because I I think there's a connection for me between the fact that the majority of my panic attacks and other issues like happen in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. because that is when Uh, I experience trauma uh, um makes sense and I mean 99% of the time that makes sense it happens in the middle of the night while I'm asleep um, not during the day, not while I'm just, and I, I do think there's a connection there and it's very possible that once I go and, and get some healing in that area, I won't have those panic attacks anymore and really I won't need medication for that. And, um, but right now I'm really thankful for that one milligram of clonopin at 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> um, you know, but I do think there's probably a connection. I mean, I, I feel like there probably is a connection there that I need to explore and I need to not be lazy. I need to do the work. And because I have the energy, thankfully, because I'm medicated and now I have energy to get up off the couch and do things, then I should make use of that and go explore some of that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know if this is only for me, 
does anyone else have this? So I feel like I have this <clears throat> phrase that I hear in my mind when depression is an issue. And so for me, it's, I'm so overwhelmed. Like when I start to hear myself use the word overwhelmed specifically, it's usually a sign that things aren't going right. Like it's, yes, things can be hard. Yes, times are busier than others. I have four kids and seasons and all those things. But when I start to hear <laughs> that voice, this is so overwhelmed. I'm so overwhelmed. It's like, oh. No, I, think I, that, yeah. I, have, I have that, but mine's, I'm just going to quit everything. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to quit everything. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm done. That's what I always hear. I'm done. I'm just done. Which, when, when you and I are together and you'll, yeah, you, you know, tell me. <laughs> well, you'll be saying that, then, then the response is, okay, are you taking your meds? <laughs> right. <laughs> and hey, tell overwhelmed to go see Jesus. Yeah. Like you don't have to keep that. You don't have to I'm keep that. I love that, but you don't, you don't have to keep that. you like, no, you know, like when you hear that term, Oh, overwhelmed, you have been a companion of mine for a while mm-hmm. and you're not supposed to be my companion. So in the name of Jesus, overwhelmed, go see Jesus. We've done that with our kids. Yeah. And whew, like the difference is phenomenal. Well, they're, they're bouncing off the walls and just pray something like that. And then it's just the, that, and the whole atmosphere just shifts. Yeah. But for me, it's not, um, I'm overwhelmed for me. It's I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and then when she hears me saying that, she says, are you taking your meds? <laughs> and then she also makes me take out my calendar and cancel things. Cross can- everything off. Cross out things oh that aren't gosh, necessary. Calendar. And very full. Yeah. I mean, she's good accountability for that for sure. But yeah. I think there. I think we definitely have trigger. Like yeah, it's if, good if we, to know them and for your friends to know them. Yeah. Do you have a trigger? I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's I'm fine. fine. <laughs> I'm listening to y'all going. No, I'm kidding. I, I I'm like going. I am thinking. What are what are my triggers? And listening to you all, and it's like I do say I. I, I try not to say I'm tired all the time. Like mm-hmm. I am legitimately tired today, but. I try not to overuse that term. Like, I try to really use it for when it actually applies. But um, I think sometimes tired comes not just from getting up early and having a long day. Yes. Because don't you have those days where you did wake up early and, and for all physical accounts, you should be exhausted, but you actually feel great. Yeah. Energized and, yeah. 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 Days I'm going to Disney. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm with you on that. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and you have those days where energy all day. And you have those days where you get the right amount of sleep and you get yes. up and you you did your devotions like you're supposed to. Right. And you still have to nap at two o'clock. <clears throat> and you still are <laughs> irritable and yeah. exhausted and hurting. Yeah. So yeah. 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 My my mom told me, um, if you're listening, hi mom, um, that she'll say to herself, I did get enough sleep. I did. And, or things like that. Mm. And so I've like kind of thought about that and been trying to do that sometimes too. And that helps too, because it's like what I'm choosing to believe and what I'm choosing to put my mind on and focus on. And then I also just kind of will pray, okay, Lord, 
you know how much sleep I got. You know what's going on. You know the kids. You know who's sick, who's not, whatever. So what do you have for me today? Like, here's my list of what I think needs to get done. What should I take off and what should I do? Like, what do you have for me in this day? This is the day that the Lord has made. There is goodness in this. It doesn't have to be a miserable day just because I didn't get enough sleep. So what should be cut off and what needs to stay? Yeah. And I think that, I think it always helps me to really think about the fact that the truth is that if I'm going through something, then the Lord will make something good out of it. Amen. And I can't tell you how many people I've had the opportunity to talk to, pray with, cry with, or whatever, who are struggling. And, you know, because of what I've gone through, I get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get it. And I can and I can say, hey, you need to go to the doctor, and you need to answer the, this questionnaire. Or, hey, you should go make an appointment and get yeah. some healing. Or, you know, so... I think that, you know, we have, I could bemoan it, but it's not worth it. Well, um, it, well, it's like the whole, because I say this to people, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I feel like I've, I've walked through enough seasons of like just crushing anxiety that I can look at people now that are, are in these seasons of crushing anxiety and say, okay, I know this doesn't sound like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> but this is actually a good Thing. Like the Lord's unearthing things. Right. Like he's starting something new. Like just hold on to that. He's starting something new and, and it's going to get better. It's yeah. going to get better. And that was helpful for me to hear and hard, hard to believe, but helpful to hear. Yeah. Um, and it's helpful to give other people because the Lord is starting. He's going to take right. what you said. I mean, it's beauty from ashes. Right. He doesn't intend these seasons of anxiety. Like he, right. he, he doesn't cause harm. That's not who he is. But man, will he take it. And I, I will say, leading worship, the Sundays I remember most are the Sundays where I am in immense pain. Mm-hmm. And I walk up there and choose to worship mm-hmm. in spite of that pain. And, you know, I look at the enemy and say, like, you don't win. You don't get the final say. Yeah, I'm hurting and this really sucks. Yeah. But, um, but I believe Jesus and I believe he is bigger. And, and I love those days. Like, I walk away energized. And, and you know, that's why, you know, our, our weapon, you know, can be... Melody, you know, it can be yeah. music and, and just worshiping in spite of it can really um, take back ground. I really believe that. Yeah, I think I think one of the things because of what you know I've dealt with in terms of anxiety and depression, <clears throat> I feel like the Lord's given me the ability to see it in people, even when they don't realize it. Yeah. And. Which and, what do you do with that? Um, pray for them. But also sometimes, I mean, if someone, if someone's really just kind of falling apart, I, I mean, I think one of my favorite things to say is you don't have to keep feeling this way. Mm. You don't have to. It's this is not your lot in life. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to. And you know you can choose some options here, but this you don't have to keep feeling this way. This is not. Yeah. Just the hand you've been dealt, um, and that's it. And also, we're here, you know. Yeah. Been there. Like, we're, yeah. you're not alone. That's so helpful to hear, because I think that's a huge lie, <laughs> is that you're alone in this. Like, buck up, because, you know, yeah. you're riding this one out alone. And that's you're not a special true. kind of crazy. No one's gonna... yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think what you said is big for me. Like, the, um, there, 
well, I don't remember what your exact words were, but something about how this will get better. Yeah. Like, and so to me, it's like there's this other side of mm-hmm. that place. And so when I'm in that place, it feels so real that it won't get better. Like that lie feels so big and so real and the hopelessness feels so intense mm-hmm. and it just seems like if it could ever get better, it's a long way away. Mm-hmm. And then when healing comes or relief, whether it's through medication or whatever, then for me, the shift was such that looking back was like, how could I ever have believed that lie? How could yeah. I ever have believed that things would never get better? And then I hear you know these stories about especially like suicide or things like that that happen, and it breaks my heart because yeah. I can relate to the feeling of hopelessness. And when I'm on the other side of it, I look back and I realize what a lie it was. But when you're in it, it can be so hard to see. Which, um, something, you're totally right. And and something that now I do, kind of being on a little bit of the other side, um, is like, I have a checklist. Of like, when when it starts to rise up, okay, number one is, who have I not forgiven? Yeah. (laughs) Because that's a huge thing for me. The Lord will allow me to stay in a really uncomfortable place in order to bring me to a place of forgiveness um because I, I mean I'm sinning yeah but you know who have I not forgiven um idols are there you know any unconfessed sin any unconfessed idols you know kind of like a checklist and some of it can even be like physical like do I need to sleep better do I need better you know mm-hmm. like eat better mm-hmm. the obvious like duh things that you know maybe don't drink eight cups of coffee a day but um so that that's helpful like have a checklist but start with like the big things like mm-hmm. forgiveness yeah because mm-hmm. I've had I have had like physical healing from anxiety because I forgave someone yeah and that was such an eye-opener to me because we don't realize when we're holding unforgiveness no towards idea. someone we're we're actually binding ourselves to yeah. that person yeah I know I dragging them around like a chain yeah. and then we're feeling it yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah Miss Jackie always says unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die yeah, yeah. So don't yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, I think we could probably go on for quite some time. I'm certain. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully hopefully, things that we've said tonight were helpful to someone else, um, made them feel a little less alone. Yeah. You're not crazy. Um, you're not crazy. You're not crazy and you're not alone. No alone. Um, we do recommend... You know, things like the bondage breaker, which is a great place to start. We recommend finding a Christian counselor who not only uses traditional therapy, but incorporates healing prayer as well. Um, And go to your doctor. Go to your doctor. Find a healing church. And if your doctor is not giving you the right kind of listening and support, go to a different doctor. Find a new one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Stay there. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on Girls' Night Out. And we hope to. <laughs> we hope to be with you again soon. Sorry. She, I, she clinked it with.